the Simplicity Show. Welcome to this extra special episode of the Simplicity Show for Veterans Day. And I'm very excited. I have a very special guest. His name is Al LaBelle. And Al represents the Disabled American Veterans. And he has agreed to spend some time with me and talk a little bit about the organization and talk a little bit about Veterans Day. So welcome, Al. Thank you so much for being with me. Well, thank you. And thank you for describing me as extra special. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you are extra special. And it's easy to be extra special when you don't have that many guests to Al. So. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> well, anyway, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an honor to be on and talk about uh, veterans and uh, talk about Veterans Day. Awesome. So why don't why don't we start with if you'd introduce yourself? We already know your name, but tell me a little bit about yourself and tell us about your military service. Well, first of all, uh, I'm a Vietnam vet. Uh, uh, 1967. Uh, I was on the USS Okinawa LPX3. We did. Uh, Nine amphibious operations uh, in Vietnam. Uh, I had, that's a highlight or low light, depending on your viewpoint of uh, my uh, uh, Navy service. Uh, the uh, I spent uh, two years, thirteen days active duty, and uh, was in the reserves for four years. So that's my uh, military service. Uh, I am affiliated with uh, Disabled American Veterans, or DAV, and currently uh, I wear a lot of hats. One, uh, we have a local chapter on the treasurer of that. Uh, on the state level, I'm, uh, I do a lot of legislative work. The title is Benefits Protection Team Leader. Uh, spend a lot of time down in Madison on state issues, and also I am chair of the DAV National Legislative Committee, so I spent some time in Washington. This is pre-pandemic, of course, uh, doing veterans issues on Capitol Hill, uh, meeting with legislators, uh, and that's pretty much what I'm doing with veterans. Excellent. Well, thank you for your service. And can you tell me how when when did you first get involved with the DAV and what what sort of made you want to be a part of the group? Well, it's uh, 2006. I've been a member for well, I guess 13 going on 14 years. Uh, and it, what my experience is pretty typical of veterans. Uh, when I got home from Vietnam in 1967. Uh, went to uh, VFW meetings and about three meetings in, I realized that uh, there was a generational difference. And uh, I just kind of let, let that membership lapse. Uh, the, uh, uh, so 2006, uh, through the internet, I uh, met one of my former shipmates, who was a very good friend when I was on on the USS Okinawa. We started discussing uh, uh, our adventures and, and my experiences in the military or in the Navy, uh, it's kind of, this is an old guy reference, but it's kind of a mix of McHale's Navy and MASH. Uh, and so to sanity breeds, or 
insanity, great sanity. Oh, maybe I got that backwards. But uh, anyways, uh, we there was a lot of macabre, you know, to get through. So we we reminisced our uh, experiences, and then it turned out that he had uh, what was a uh, uh, lymphoma, and I had the same lymphoma. So the light bulb went on. This is more than an accident. It's a coincidence. So it turned out I was, uh, we were both exposed to Agent Orange. So we have uh, what is called a presumptive uh, for Agent Orange. So anyways, uh, I had been diagnosed in 1990 with CLL, I'd call it. Uh, and uh, at the time, I thought, well, it's a lot to draw. Who knew? Uh, through our interaction I realized that it was caused by being exposed to uh, Agent Orange in Vietnam. So, this, I'm making this a long story, but uh, I did file what is called a VA compensation claim. And uh, uh, I kind of I, I, uh, submitted it, and DAV followed the claim, uh, and they would give me updates. Etc. And then it went all the way through, and finally the claim was accepted. Uh, and my feeling was that he did. He was very helpful with me filing this claim and following it. So uh, I figured I'd give back, and uh, I became a member. Uh, went to uh, uh, a chapter meeting, then I went to the state convention meeting. I went to the national convention meeting, and I was very impressed with. Uh, the organization, what we were doing or what they were doing at that time, and uh, became an active member. So that's a long way of saying how I got involved, but, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of prejudiced. I think DAV is certainly uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, veteran service organization. I'm proud to be uh, involved in uh, being quite active. Well, and actually, I for whatever for whatever it means to you in my research today, as I was doing a little bit of just a little bit of googling to learn more about the DAV myself, I came across a site that actually straight up said, uh, as far as rating charitable organizations and benevolent organizations, that DM is the top organization helping veterans in the country. So something to be very, very proud of. Well, thank you. So, and just, can we start, let's circle back just a tiny, tiny bit and uh, talk a little bit about um, the, some of the experiences maybe, you don't have to go into terrific detail, but talking, thinking about the experiences, a lot of veterans uh, um, of the Vietnam War, have struggled a lot, haven't they, in getting the uh, benefits that they they deserve, getting some of the um, getting some of the help that they need from age, being exposed to Agent Orange and some of the other things. Is that true? Uh, in some regards, yes. Uh, it's like many things in life. It's there's a lot of nuances to uh, uh, what what has gone on. Uh, when you file a claim, like I'll use me as an example, uh, one of my functions was working in personnel. So 
as and I didn't do this intentionally, but as a memento, I decided to uh, uh, take much of my uh, copies of my service record. So when I found my claim, I had all the evidence that showed I was in Vietnam, I was exposed to Agent Orange, etc. So my claim went right through pretty quick. Now most veterans didn't have, don't have that advantage. So then they have to reconstruct their time in Vietnam. And uh, yeah, I think it was 19, the late 80s, I know there was a fire in uh, St. Louis is where a lot of records are kept. And some veterans, you know, pulled mm-hmm. that one up and smoke. So uh, it's called direct service connection. So the onus is on the veteran to prove that they had it. Uh, we have, and we'll get into more specifics later, we have what is called national service offices. When, so when you're filing a claim, uh, you need a representative. It's like going to court without a lawyer. So because the system uh, uh, is kind of complex, you know, unless you're used to dealing with it, you can get lost in the shuffle. So uh, many of the problems is because the veteran does lacks the evidence. Now, it's incumbent on the VA to not only say uh, that rather than uh, uh, what we just say, uh, not approve the claim. It's incumbent on them to also look and see what they can find to uh, support the veteran's claim. Mm -hmm. So it causes, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, and it sounds that way, it's a very complex system. Mm -hmm. So a lot of veterans. Yeah, they have trouble, uh, uh, but a lot of it has to do because you just can't walk in and say, hey, I'm a Vietnam veteran. This is what happened to me. Uh, you need to have some substantiation to uh, say that that claim's valid. Okay. So uh, besides the advocacy that they do, the help that they uh, can provide for veterans as they're trying to get services and things. Um, what are what are some other things that the DAV does? And maybe specifically, what what are things that the DAV is involved with locally in the community? Well, let me start on a general level. Uh, first of all, uh, DAV helps more than one million veterans uh, uh, each year through. Uh, benefits, transportation, advocacy, uh, employment, and volunteerism. So basically, and I mentioned that when you asked me about the claims, we uh, roughly each year we will represent a quarter of a million veterans uh, and help them with their claims. So, uh, and our reputation is very good. Uh, We do a wonderful job with that. Many claims, if if they're denied a claim, we also will work and do appeals. And our record with appeals is also excellent. So that's one aspect of what we do. Uh, and we all we have service offices. Uh, I said through 50 states, also Puerto Rico. Uh, we have uh, a. Uh, national service offices, but one in Wisconsin is down in Milwaukee at the uh, VA regional office. Uh, we also have 
uh, chapter service offices, like our chapter has a service officer. So if somebody comes to our chapter meeting and says, can you help me with a claim? We will do the initial work and then turn it over to the uh, uh, National Service Office. That's the, the uh, benefits portion. Transportation, and we have a van in Southbridge. It's 45 in Southbridge. I'm sorry, that's where I used to live. Uh, <laughs> you can tell I'm from Massachusetts by my accent. Uh, in Marshfield, we have a van uh, over by the, it used to be Norwood, I think it's the Wood County uh, uh, annex. Uh, anyways, we have a van here. It's 45 throughout the state, and we uh, take veterans uh, to and from scheduled VA appointments. Uh, quick example, last year, or yeah, 2019, we uh, took 52,277 veterans to their scheduled appointments. So advocacy, that's what I do. Uh, going down, we'll testify. Uh, on veterans issues, we'll testify on the state level. I, I've done a lot of testimony down there, uh, and I've written a lot of testimony for some of our state offices to testify on uh, various veterans issues pertaining to the state. Um, in Washington, uh, we'll testify before congressional committees uh, on veterans issues, giving our input. So that's the advocacy portion, employment. Uh, we run uh, uh, employment fairs throughout the nation. Usually there are two. Uh, we do two in Wisconsin each year, pre-pandemic. Now they're all virtual. But we used to, uh, and many of them were done at Miller Park down in, uh, down in Milwaukee area. Uh, and volunteerism, uh, many of our members uh, volunteer at VA facilities or the state veterans home at King. So uh, that's uh, that's basically what DAV is and what we do. Uh, you were asking locally, well, we have the van that transports veterans uh, and it's usually very busy now because of the pandemic, unfortunately, it has not been running. Uh, very often, but uh, uh, at one time each year, we would do roughly, I would say, oh, I would say 600 veterans we would transport during the course of the year. Uh, you know, we we will, as a group, or as a, uh, do a lot of veteran advocacy meetings. We will contact our legislators, either on the national level or the state level. Uh, one year, we erected a flagpole at Three Oaks. Uh, we had some veterans there. The administration thought it would be nice the veterans have a flagpole, so we erected one for them. Uh, we take part in the parades. Uh, we do uh, fundraising, and all the money that we raise uh, stays local. Uh, we'll do that through broad fries, and we also do... Uh, what uh, uh, what is called forget me not drives. There are, it's a blue flower, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, we'll, we'll usually we're at at least uh, pick and save fleet bomb. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, festival uh, 
three places, but we'll also do some of the convenience spots too. Uh, and we've been very successful raising money that way. You know, the van, uh, these vans, uh, are uh, expensive to run, and after 150,000 miles, they need to be replaced. So uh, that's where a lot of our money goes. So, let, if we can, if we can just go back, I'm really, I'm interested knowing all of the different services that DAV can offer veterans, um, and thinking about, I'm thinking specifically about the comment you made that you, you came back from your service, you uh, joined the VFW, you realized there was a generational difference there. Well, now we have, uh, you know, we have generations of veterans. You know, we have my, my generation um, serving in the Gulf War, we have, you know, and all the way now to uh, people who are, ending their service, you know, every single day and new veterans with uh, new and unique issues. And so what, how complicated is it for an organization like, like DAV to meet the needs of all of those different generations of veterans? And do you, do you find that the experience, even though we're talking about people of all different ages, but the experience sort of ties people together. Yeah, there's a commonality in that, uh, as you mentioned, but we have an edge uh, on other veterans groups. Our membership, we have a million member, over a million members nationally. In the state, I think it's about uh, roughly 15,000. Our, our organization, because we're heavily involved in service, uh, we probably have an edge up as far as younger veterans go, because we also have not, uh, not only national service officers, we have what is called transition uh, service officers who are scheduled on, uh, I don't remember the exact number now, but it's roughly 115 uh, uh facilities, uh, uh, military facilities throughout the nation. So when somebody is leaving the service, uh, many of them go to our transition service officers. So a lot of the younger veterans understand DAV, recognize what we do. So that's through that we've managed to maintain our, uh, our membership. And we do have quite a few uh, younger veterans. In fact, I think we uh are close to it we're not we we probably have more or as many as any other organization even younger organizations uh there's also what is known today my generation we had a draft so there was much more involvement and some of it was not positive uh with the public being involved with what the military was doing etc whereas today it's a volunteer army, so there is a uh, phenomenon known as civilian-military divide, where you know everyone come, wants to come up and thank you for your service, but they really don't. They're not involved. You know, it's I'm I'm trying to use a word here, somewhat superficial. 
you know, it's easier to say thank you for your service. And uh, uh, but to understand what a veteran goes through, because there's not that direct connection, or personal connection, I should say. Uh, uh, there is somewhat of a misunderstanding uh, with the public as to what veterans go through, and, uh, and uh, uh, anyway, that that's that's a phenomenon that's probably a topic or taking us a bit off topic. But uh, that that's perfectly fine. That's that's absolutely fascinating to me, Al. I never even really thought of it, you know, growing, growing up, there was a presumption that, you know, every family we knew someone, really someone in the family, you know, my father's, of my father's generation, every family had a veteran in the family. And it was, it it just was much more, it was more common. And then I think, um, as you point out, when, when it, uh, when there was no longer a draft and maybe the next generation, where um, we had, where it was voluntary and, you know, my generation would choose whether or not they would. There just was much less, uh, there were fewer families, fewer people I knew were serving um, because it was, it was really more expected that you would go to college um, than, you know, necessarily go to military service. And so I can see how that would create this really, uh, this divide that you point out, um, and I'm really glad you pointed out because that really transitions us perfectly into my next question. Because you've already <laughs> talked about you talked about a little bit of the challenge of transportation during the pandemic. I would think you know when we're talking about a when we're talking about a group of people who already have unique challenges because they've had the transition from military life to civilian life. They've, they're dealing with um, this divide that you point out. Um, and many of them need additional support services, either, you know, medical or advocacy. They, they already need, you know, maybe some additional services that are unique. Um, I would imagine what we're going through this year with the pandemic um, creates some really unique challenges for veterans. Do you want to tell me a little bit about yeah. that? Before I, I discuss that in somewhat uh, in depth, I just want to say that uh, uh, there's two images of veterans out there. They're either superheroes. Wow, you're a veteran, man, you must be terrific. Or uh, people think, oh, man, he was a veteran, he's damaged goods, you know. Uh, and that the truth is somewhat in between. Uh, first of all, most veterans or most people who have served in the military come back and do assimilate. It, it's a very high number. Uh, I don't remember the specific number off the top of my head, but I'd say at least two-thirds come back like I did. You know, I came back, all right, you had some bad experiences, you dealt with it, and you assimilated. And most veterans do that. Uh, However, there is a percentage that uh, uh, do have some issues that need to be dealt with. So uh, regarding the pandemic, people who have uh, PTSD, as an example, Issues such as that substance abuse would be another one. Uh, the uh, 
pandemic, because particularly initially, there was a high degree of isolation. Uh, there was some issues. Like what our chapter's done, uh, chapter 57, by the way, it's an Elmo Rap chapter 57 that's headquartered here in Marshfield. And I'll go off on a tangent. We cover uh, veterans in Clark County and somewhat the southwest portion of uh, Marathon County. But uh, our chapter is not men in person, mainly because uh, of demographics and also the uh, contagiousness of of COVID-19. But we have been holding virtual meetings uh, each month and the main reason is to socialize, find out how our members are doing, et cetera. So uh, those, uh, we, we always want to make sure that veterans are, are doing good. We want to keep the social aspect of our group together. So, yes, there's, there's some issues with that. Uh, the potential with the pandemic is to exacerbate uh, veterans that have existing conditions. Very insightful. <laughs> I wasn't sure you were done. Okay, so uh, let's talk. Let's talk specifically about how people can help. About what what um, whether whether it's a veteran who is looking for uh, an organization to give back to in the way you were or um, just a civilian who maybe wants to start breaking down that divide between military service and civilian life. How can people get involved either locally or help support the DAV nationally? Yeah, I well, of course, you know, uh, you can't buy the groceries with a smile. I mean, <laughs> we always, we always uh, are looking for donations. I mean, that would be a great way, but also, when we have, uh, and, and we have what is actually called a local veteran assistance program. Uh, and as I said, many of our members volunteer, and it's not only our members, supporters will volunteer at King, uh, State Veterans Home, or Toma, using examples in this area. But it's kind of inconvenience to, you know, drive. So uh, there are veterans who, are kind of elderly. They need their uh, uh, sidewalk shovel. Uh, summertime, they need their lawn cut. Uh, and uh, so if people wanted to volunteer for that, that would be wonderful. You know, that's one way of doing it. Uh, we, uh, uh, again, uh, if somebody wants to donate, uh, the local chapter, and you want your donation to stay local. Uh, it's if somebody wants to write this down. Uh, it's uh, the chapter fifty-seven, post office box one one one, Marshfield, Wisconsin five four 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 nine. So uh, I'll say that a second time here. DAV chapter fifty-seven, post office box. 111, uh, Marshall, Wisconsin, 54449. I mean, if you want to drop a donation in the mail, we'll gladly accept it. Uh, we can always use the money to run the van, if nothing else. Or we also, uh, if a veteran's in need, uh, we've also 
and known to give grants out. Uh, uh, but we usually, when we do that, we'll work through what is called a county veteran service office uh, to make sure, you know, we'll, uh, 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 how, how do I say this? We can't, you can't walk through the door and say, I'm a veteran. Hey, I need some help. You know, we have to justify or uh, validate that the veteran does need help. But we have given grants out. So that would be uh, one way you could help or two ways. If you wanted to volunteer locally or want to make a donation, um, if you uh, feel uh, the need, you can also go to DAV.org. And I know you could donate that way through there. Uh, however, the money would go to national. It won't go to a local, into the local area. So I think that answers your question. That does absolutely perfectly. And I'll put that, I'll make sure we put that address for donations right up on our website so people can get right to it. Yeah. Let me add one other thing. If somebody needs to contact me, uh, uh, let me give you my phone number. If you have any questions about what we're talking about here, it's 715. I'm going to give you my home number, 486-9220. Uh, uh, you will get a message because I'm really home, particularly pre-pandemic. I was always on the road. But even now, uh, I, I will uh, tend to go out. I was, actually, I shouldn't say I'm never home. I'm home more now than before. But uh, I do have an answering machine. Uh, I have a cell phone, but because I get so many phone I'm like everybody else. We're getting so many phone calls and the numbers I don't recognize, I tend not to pick those up. Uh, however, if you call my home phone, I do have a uh, phone message you can leave, and I, I will definitely get back to you with any questions you might have. Awesome. We will make sure that we share that information out. So what is, just two, a couple more questions to wrap us up here today, Al. What do you think, what is the most important thing you would like people to know about the DAV? Boy, this... <laughs> You know, to pick one thing is very, very difficult. Uh, I, I, what I do with legislation, uh, I, if you don't mind, I, it may be more than one, if that's all right with you. Uh, I think uh, to make sure veterans are supported uh, or getting what they really need, uh, I would urge people to get involved. Uh, in fact, I will put this down, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, it's, and you can go to DAV.org. We have what is known as the DAV Commander's Action Network. I would uh, love to see people get involved in that. This would, uh, uh, this would, uh, you, you would, you'd give me a name, your street address, uh, and, uh, your email address, and you would get DAV updates as to what's going on in Washington and also uh, what is called action alerts, which would say, please contact uh, your legislators, either depending on whether it's a Senate or a House bill, and sometimes it's both, uh, contact either your senator or your representative. Uh, and it's pretty simple. Uh, 
you would sign up and uh, the uh, uh, you would get emails and it's it's pre-written, but it can be modified. In fact, we urge people to personalize the text. Uh, and all you got to do is uh, uh, read it over, uh, click send, and it'll go to either uh, two senators or a representative. That That's one important thing. The other one is the transportation network. Like I said, we take... Uh, we take our van here in Marshall, and we always can use support with that. And, and frankly, we could also use drivers. Uh, if somebody wanted to volunteer to be a driver, uh, please call my number that I gave, and I will uh, uh, direct you in the right direction as to how you could, you would become a, a DAV van driver. Many of them are, well, all are volunteers, but... Uh, Many of them don't have a military background. Uh, it's people who are retired or uh, just want to help out. Uh, so I guess you asked me for one. I just gave you two. So, I will take am it. I, am, am I forgiven? You are. You are always. So it, it sounds like what I'm hearing from you, Al, is that people can get involved at whatever level they feel comfortable getting involved at. They can be right on the ground and directly helping people. They can, uh, they can help with the, with lobbying and uh, do that safely from home right now. And so really a lot of different opportunities people could get involved in. Right. I would say, yeah, that's uh, very good. Perfect. So this is our final question. It's a it's a big question, but it's only as big as you want to make the answer here. So tell tell me, Al, uh, the whole purpose of our conversation today, besides learning more about DAV, was to uh, talk a little bit about Veterans Day and highlight DAV because of Veterans Day. So can you tell me what Veterans Day means to you as a veteran? Well, it's a. Uh, a, a moment to pause and reflect. Uh, Veterans Day, there, there is the difference, and people get them mixed up. You know, Memorial Day is for those heroes that have passed on. Uh, this is to honor veterans who are still with us. But having said that, and I have, uh, uh, it's a time to pause and reflect on your service, what happened, uh, and well, honor your fellow veteran. Uh, you know, for, <clears throat> for years on Veterans Day, and this year I'm not 100% sure we're going to be doing it, but uh, uh, at 11 o'clock on the 11th, we go to Veterans Park by what is the old city hall, and we have a, a very brief ceremony, you know, uh, and uh, uh uh, and then there's some camaraderie after. Usually, some place like the Legion or the VFW before will have some kind of a meal, so you do get together, you know, and socialize or whatever. But uh, uh, it it makes you remember, I guess, is the best way I can phrase of your service, because you, you, on that particular day, you think about what you did, what others did, and. Uh, uh, you want to make sure that that they are on it properly. So uh, that's pretty much 
the way I look at it. Uh, I'll just do a brief history of Veterans Day, which some may know, some may not. It started out as Amish's Day uh, after when World War One ended. Uh, it was November 11th at 11 o'clock in the morning, and World War One was a carnage. Uh, it was, there's nothing glorious about war, period. Uh, and uh, anyways, it started out on his own armistice day to uh, where both sides put down the arms and said this would never happen again. Uh, this was going to be the war to end all wars. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But uh, anyways, eventually it evolved into Veterans Day where we all take a moment to honor the service of veterans, and maybe that encapsulates what the day is. It's a day to honor the service of veterans. Very, that encapsulates it beautifully, Al. I appreciate so much you taking the time to talk to me today. That is all of the questions I have for you, but if you, you came so well prepared, if there is anything we didn't talk about that you want to add, now is your chance. Oh, let me just say one other thing that I did forget, <laughs> if you don't mind. This uh, DAV was uh, founded in 1920. We were congressionally chartered in 1932. So guess what? This is our centennial year. Uh, it's 100 years. So uh, we were going to have a big, big, big to do about 100 years. However, there's a thing called COVID-19 that really, <laughs> really uh, uh, kind of a burst of balloon, a bubble. And uh, anyways, that's probably the one thing that I did leave out. That it, And uh, uh, we've been around for 100 years and we'll be around for 100 more. And what we do, we've been doing it for 100 years. And that experience has made us really, really good at what we do. Well, it certainly sounds that way. And I appreciate you taking the time to tell us about what you do and giving us some uh, information about how people can get involved. It has been an absolute delight talking to you today. Thank you so much.